Hello there, Lou Conran here and welcome to my podcast. How's your week been? This is a weekly romp, or whenever I remember to record it, through the minutiae of my life, with the occasional email from you, the listener, to make me feel just that little bit better about my own misgivings. So why not grab yourself a cuppa, have a listen, and let me know how your week's been on info at louconran.com or simply spend the next 30 minutes thanking your lucky stars that you're not me. Thank you. Hello. For the listener, hello. I hope you're well. For the listener, this is what I'm currently wearing. I am wearing um, a Percy Pig onesie, as ever, because I like to fester in my own stench. Uh. You are welcome. I've had um oh and I'm wearing um a rice picking hat that I purchased in Bali because that's what you do when you're a tourist in Bali. It's um surprisingly comfortable actually. Uh it's um it's got a beautiful design on it. It's made of straw, uh or something. There we go, tapping it so you can hear it. And um now that I've mentioned it on the podcast, and now that I've, I'm wearing it on a video form that the listener can't see, uh, I'm thinking maybe I could get this tax deductible, because if we talk about barley, oh, barley, 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 there you go, um, maybe I'll get my flights uh, back as well. Listen, needs must. <laughs> Got a wedding to pay for. So there we go. So I can take this off now, because that is not the most comfortable thing. Um... I don't know how they wear it in the fields, but there you go. Now it's made my head go red. There we are. So look, hello. Uh, How are you? How has your week been? What I like to do is I like to, when I'm feeling a bit discombobulated, which I have done over the last couple of weeks, which I have bored you with, I like to move my furniture around because it makes me feel better and I find it a little bit more cathartic to move the furniture around. makes me feel like I'm doing something. Some would call it procrastination, but I, it, it makes me feel better about things, about stuff. And if I've got a working environment that I can sit and wear a Balinese rice picking hat in, well then, everybody benefits, don't they? She says, uh, so what have I been doing? Well, I'll tell you what. It's been one of those weeks where it's been a little bit slow on the old work, but that, I'm not panicking about that. Um, that's fine. Normally in August, everybody, like my chums and that, will go to the Edinburgh Festival. Normally I go, but I've not gone this year. So when normally when you don't go to the Edinburgh Festival, normally you can scoop up all the gigs that are left over. But let me tell you this for nothing. A lot of people have not gone to the Edinburgh Festival this year because it is the most ridiculously, financially, purse-rapingly bad thing for anybody in the arts to go and do because, believe it or not, you have to pay to go and do it. You do not get paid. So we're getting married next year. I don't know whether I bored you with that, but we are getting married next year and I cannot afford to spend another £10,000 on going up to the Edinburgh Festival. Yes, £10,000 minimum. Uh, when we've got a wedding to pay for. So there you go. And normally, as I said, we'd scoop up the gigs, but, but nobody else wants to pay £10,000 this year to do the Edinburgh Festival. So not many people have gone. 
um, which I think is a good thing, really. If you're a if you're an audience of the Edinburgh Festival, it well, you've got to be loaded, I think, to go. Um, it's getting more and more ridiculously priced. Uh, trains are buggered, aren't they, to get there? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for supporting the unions because people need to be rightfully paid what they should be paid. And as my gentleman caller says, if he's getting in a vehicle that and, and having somebody drive it that's got to be responsible for a three million tonne piece of machinery with thousands of people sitting on it, he wants somebody that's professionally paid for that to drive it. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so your trains, and also they're fucking expensive. Trains are expensive. The accommodation in Edinburgh, uh, last year, before we went, we were quoted £9,000 for to stay in a house, an Airbnb, for the month. £9,000. So people in Edinburgh, fair enough. Maybe you don't want people to come to your town for the month your city even maybe you don't want that fine absolutely fine which is why you're charging the amounts of money that you are for, to rent your house out great fine but do you know what you've done you're pricing it out and not many people are coming now and next year i'd be very surprised if the edinburgh festival remains as it is for the next few years i, I can't see it lasting the way it is at the moment something's got to change anyway because financially, it is ridiculous. And then you've got to pay for your venue because you don't get that free. You pay for your posters, your publicity, you pay for everything. And then you get very little in return. Financially, you always make a loss. Even the big guns. I remember a, a super duper comedian who's on the telly and that. He was doing one of the big venues. He sold out every day and he still owed them a roughly about £7,000 at the end of it. I mean, there is, it's bonkers. Anyway, I didn't intend to start like that. My point was, I'm, I've been, I've had a very slow August work-wise, which potentially is quite a good thing, really. It, may, it has meant I've been, I've been able to catch up with lots of lovely friends. I went out for lunch with my friend Sarah the other day, and that was very nice. We went to a pub um, very near me, which we've fre- frequented before. Went in. Oh, well, they've only got to change the kitchen times. I had it in me head. I was going to have gammon and egg and chips. No, I didn't. Well, I had a blackcurrant and soda and I was lucky if I got that. Furious. So we had to go somewhere else, which was okay. It was all right. I had a lovely time catching up with her. And then who did I say? Oh, and then we went to, me and the GC, we went to our friend Jill's house, BAFTA winning Jill Isles. She's amazing. She's produced lots of comedy uh, shows. She's brilliant. And she's also a lush, like me and the GC. And her partner, Andy, he's lovely. He is um, he's a master mixologist. Not by profession. He's a bit Chandler Bing by profession. Nobody knows what he really does. Uh, I don't think he does. I don't think he cares either. Fine. He's a master of the cocktail. He made, he made us a Pisco Sour. Pisco Sour. Never had one of those before. Delicious. Very easy to drink, like a sherbet lemon. Well, that went down too quickly. Then we drank all of the wine. Then we had dessert wine, because why not? Then we had the cheeses. Then we had everything. 
Oh my goodness. And they've got the cutest dog in the world. Oh my goodness. This little multi poo. Oh, he's like a little a little ball of it was like a muff. You know those things that you put your hand in to keep your hands warm? The Victorians had them. He was like one of those. Not that I put my fist up a dog, but you know what I'm trying to get at. He was he was just the cutest thing. I think I since I don't have children anymore, I um I think I'm ever so slightly falling in love with dogs. Now, I never thought that this was going to happen to me. I always thought, oh, if anything, I'll, you know, I like a dog and that's fine. I, I looked after my mate Becky Big Bap's dog once for a month when she was in, um, where did she go? She went on holiday to Canada or something for a month and I house sat for her and I looked after the dog. And it was one of the worst times of my entire life. Let me tell you for why. The dog was a, a, a Jack Russell crossed with a Chihuahua. Yes. So not only have you got yappy Jack Russell nightmare, but then you've crossed it with a yappy Chihuahua. And basically what you've done is you've crossed one dog with another dog equals cunt. Well, he was a nightmare. And now I'm not very good at the old... Um, picking up the shit and all of that malarkey. I'll be honest, if I can, if I'm with a dog and I and it's my responsibility and it's done a poo, normally I'll just walk away and pretend that nothing's happened. And I know that's really bad, but let's face it, I don't want to I don't want to deal with my own poo. Let alone a dog's and let alone a dog's that's not mine. So if I can avoid picking up the poo, then I, then I generally do. I, I hold my hands up. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm one of those dreadful people. Uh, it's, you know, it's not my fault. Uh, I, very short gag reflex. Not for me, thank you. And I looked after this Jack Russell called Pickle for about a month, and um, well, he was a little, literally a shit bag. I had a friend come round one day who lived down the road. Right, she came in. And uh, I hadn't seen her for years, and it was good to catch up, right? And um, halfway through the conversation, she said, Lou, that's me, she said, Lou, you are aware there's a turd under the table? Oh, I wasn't, Joe. No. I looked under the table, and guess what? There it was, a crispy turd that had clearly been there for a couple of days. It had gone dry. Oh, it was disgusting. And that was my responsibility. To, to be fair, though... The crispy dry poo on the floor was a lot easier to manage than a, a, a fresh turd. Um, and then I, I used to have to walk the, this dog who, who used to eat hair. I'd walk it around what I affectionately called after a while Dog Poo Park. This was in Brighton. Walked it around this park. And there's a park for non-pooing and a pooing park. Oh, it's disgusting. And this little thing, this this little pickle, it when it was turding, sometimes because it would eat hair, I don't know whether it intentionally it would hoover everything off the floor. So it would just be and Becky had long ginger hair at the time. Beautiful. Um and when it was turding, sometimes it couldn't cut the poos off. So I'd have to pull the poos out of its bum like a string of sausages where it had just been like attached by the hair 
it's disgusting. Very much like the time I pulled a turd out of my ass and um, there was a string hanging out of it because I'd eaten that from a roast beef dinner. So we've all been there, haven't we? But I, I mean, even dealing with my own turd on a string, it's like soap on a rope, isn't it? Shit on a string. Disgusting. That that was mine and that was still disgusting. So can you imagine pulling out a string of sausages from a dog's ass that's connected by long, long ginger hairs? Anyway, that aside, um, that was the point I was like, no, I'm never having any form of animal. Thank you very much. Cats are sent by the devil. Dogs, well, you're very nice, but goodbye. Well, I tell you, very recently, I've been inclined to to want to potentially have a dog. The GC is like having a dog anyway, because when I go to work and he's got home before me, he is like a dog. He waits for me by the window, looking out, wait. It's always like he knows when I'm coming home. He'll be in his little pink onesie, because yes, we have matching onesies. And sometimes he'll be by that window waiting for me, like an obedient little dog. Now, some would say, isn't that cute? Well, it is cute. Surely you've got other things to do. And I respect the fact that you that you love me and you get excited for me to come home. But honestly, go and clean your, your subutio or something. You don't have to wait for me by the window. It's okay. I won't be upset if you're not there. I'm only saying that because he listens to these. And sometimes I say things that horrify him. And then sometimes I just, this is my, this is my vehicle to get messages across to the GC that I cannot say to his face because he's so cute and adorable. But GC, I won't be offended if you don't want to sit by the window waiting for me to come home some days because it's okay. You can watch your Tour de France programmes. You can watch your football and you can polish your bits that need polishing if you want to. That's okay. It's all right. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I want the world to know. I Now then, so we've seen Jill. I went for lunch with Sarah and then, well, Becky Big Baps came up, made a surprise entry this weekend. What a delight. The long ginger hair has now been shortened to a ginger bob. She's got a, a look of the woman from um, Wallace and Gromit. Wendelina, whatever the name is, but with ginger hair. Um, and Becky and I went to drama school together uh, and we hated each other. Ah, oh, absolutely hated each other. I thought she was um, an intelligent snob um, because she went to the Oxford university blah 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 and she spoke a little bit posh and she hated me because I was fresh from stage school aka wanker and when we met I was basically really precocious and I just said I don't think I'm going to be staying long at drama school because um I've just auditioned for the Disney club (laughs) yeah and she uh yeah she was rightfully sitting there thinking what an absolute bellend I was and I was and do you know what happened nothing Disney Club no can you imagine me being in the Disney Club I'd just be wanting to say fucking cunt every five minutes and that's not allowed in children's television and I know because I've done children's television you're not allowed to swear at them I don't know why, because they should learn at an early age. 
Yes, extend your vocabulary to swears. You can really punctuate the air with a good old fuck and a good old cunt. Although it's not for everyone, uh, granted. But I, I find a good old fuck really just puts the nail in the hat or whatever the saying is. I can't remember. I've lost my mind. Currently having a hot flush. Now, there we go. I'm coming up with a hot flush. Woo! There we go. I'm wafting. I'm wafting. God, you never know when you're going to get one. It just kicks in. There we are. It just kicks in. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine this on my wedding day? I'll be like that. Hang on a minute. Does anyone here know of any reasons why these... Yes, I'm sweating. Hang the fuck on, Marjorie. Or whatever the registrar's name is called. Anyway, there you go. Oh, oh so Becky, uh, Becky's been visiting. Very short, swift, 24 hours in the company of Becky, Becky Big Bounce. Um, and we had our friend Anna come round. Now, she's just got a puppy. Oh, my God. She's got a black lab. Whoa, black lab, ram, lamb. Oh, called Squirrel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Oh, the most... I mean, to be fair, he came in. He was a little bit excited. He's not allowed on the furniture at his own house, but in our house, we don't give a shit. He was up. The GC was cuddling him and rolling him around. He got off the GC, promptly vomited on the living room floor. Now, I mean, the thing is, if he hadn't have been really cute, I'd have been furious. And do you know what the bonus was about Squirrel vomiting on the living room floor? He ate it back up. Yeah. Never been inclined to do that myself um, with my own expellations. Um, but yeah, very efficient dog. You see, that's what you need. If you're going to make a mess, eat it the fuck back up and get back on the lap. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, oh my God, it was so cute. And just like, he's got massive feet, which suggests he's going to be enormous when he grows up to be an adult dog. Oh my God, I fell in love. Now, my friend Anna, she's very strict with the dog. She's laying down the rules. I know now that if I was to have a dog now, I mean the GC, now I've got the GC, he would be the poo collector, wouldn't he? There's no way I would be doing it. Get outside and pick up the shit. That's what I'd be, I wouldn't. I, I probably would, actually. My point is, he's he's just the most beautiful dog and I think I'm becoming a little bit more like, oh God, we've got to have a dog. But with our lifestyles, we can't have a dog. Not till we retire. And I can't see us ever retiring because neither of us can do anything else. Um, and neither of us have got any pensions. Neither of us have got any savings. So we're all fucking doomed. Um, so we can't have a dog because we're never at home. Apart from now, obviously, I'm here because I'm talking to you. Anyway, there you go. How long have I been wanking on? Far too long. There we, Jesus, I really have. Now, Becky Big Bats uh, stayed. Becky has two children, one of which is my goddaughter. I am not a good godparent. I do not know what you do, N nor do I believe in God. So, what, what are you supposed to do? I mean, if anything was to happen to, to Becky and her partner, I, I mean, well... I am not the person to go to. I know in a godly fashion I'm supposed to like step in and go, go on, don't worry, I'll 
I'll take the burden of a 12-year-old hormonal girl. No. I know what I was like. I was an arsehole. I do not want to look after somebody else's arsehole. That just reminds me of the conversation we had last week on last week's episode. Do catch up if you've not heard it. It's bumhole delicious. Anyway, but Becky has a teenage boy and a teenage girl. And the teenage boy has been watching videos on the YouTube, which I have watched this morning. And do you know what the kids are calling their downstairs area? The no-no square. I did not know this. I didn't even know it was a thing. Don't touch my no-no square. Now, in terms of getting a message across to all the young kids that are on the line, on the viral line things, who are playing the video games, they need to know this information. No-no square. Thank you. Mine's not square. And I don't think I've ever said no. There you go. (coughs) What else has happened this week? Um... Is anyone else out of the no-no square, by the way? Because I, I find this fascinating, the way you get a message across with kids these days. We didn't, I think, did we have sex education? No, because most people at my school were pregnant by the age of 13 or 14. True story, not me. I was still playing with my Cindy. Yes, I was Cindy. I wasn't Barbie. I did not like Barbie. Barbie was cheap and she was a slut. And Cindy was a lot more up my strata. She was sort of the the girl next door, whereas Barbie was the girl with no drawers. Do you know what I mean? Even though the film's out, and I'm, apparently I should go and see it because it's all feminist. Woohoo! Don't know whether I can bring myself to see it though. Um, please tell me if you've seen the film Barbie. Please let me know. Should I? Am I missing out on something? Or should I just wait until I can actually just watch it on my telly and I don't have to go and sit in a grungy cinema and I don't have to pay £3 million for the ticket because I can buy my own popcorn, I can make my own drinky poos and I can watch it at home. Maybe I'll just do that. What a miserable ass you are, Louise! What was I saying? That was it! Oh my God, my brain. So sex ed at school, right, as I said, most of the girls were pregnant by the age of 14 at mine. Um, I think, I do remember we had, oh no, that was about AIDS. Oh yeah. We were, we were all made to watch, we all had to go and sit in the library and watch a video um, about AIDS. And it was just a film of people with um, like liver spots on their skin getting bigger. And it was all sort of shot in a very doom and gloom sort of film noir way. And then um, all of the people in the film died. And that was AIDS. Um, and that's what we got told. Don't have sex because you're going to die. Well, too late for most of the people at my school because they were all very active. I remember I did a play called The Boyfriend. Ironically, I was Hortense, the French maid. Oh, sexy bit of scrumpet I was. I wasn't. Um, and um, I was talking to some of the girls that were in the in the production and that I was in what year was I in maybe fourth year or something and these girls were in fifth year and these girls were 
sitting on the laps of their boyfriends in rehearsals. And then when the boyfriends had gone off to go and do something, they were chatting about their sex lives. Now, these girls were 15 years old and they were talking about rolling condoms, condoms on, um, on their boyfriend's willies. And I can remember being absolutely horrified that not only do these girls have to see these boys' parts, but they have to roll something on it to make sure they didn't get AIDS. Horrified I was. Oh, and there's me dressed as a French maid, looking well up for it, but actually not knowing anything about the process of intercourse or anything like that. But the only thing I knew was that if somebody did something to you, in your no-no square, you were going to die of AIDS. It's no wonder I was a virgin for so long. Jesus. Well, bloody sorted that out now. My boyfriend, that was a great... I think I've got it on video somewhere. Oh, my poor parents. All the shit that I used to make them sit through. I went to Amdram. It's called Four Ways Drama. Amateur Dramatics. In High Wycombe. And, well, I tell you what. Gosh, that was the days, wasn't it? I got somebody arrested for paedophilia. Yeah, didn't expect to say that today. No, got somebody banged up for touching one of the younger kids. I was the chairperson of the youth group. They put me in charge of the younger generation at the Amdram group. One of them came to me with another one's diary and said, I think you should read this. I shouldn't have read it because it was a diary. But then the girl was like, you really need to read this. So I read a bit of it and it was all about how somebody from the adult group had driven one of the younger ones home and then touched the tuppence. They definitely went in their no-no square. Well, I wasn't having that, I can tell you. So I reported it and he got banged up. Yes, well done me. Did have a no-no square then? No, just had dirty old men doing dirty old things to young, vulnerable, lovely people. Arseholes. Anyway, he's a born-again Christian now, I believe. Isn't he? Aren't they all fucking... I don't know what I'm talking about. I I didn't mean to go off on that. I'm so sorry. Well, let's go on a tangent and I'll tell you what's happened. Oh, we're breaking down barriers this this week. And I'll tell you what. Oh, tenuous link, Louise. Breaking down barriers. Breaking down the garage that's out the back of our house. Took it down, didn't we? Yes, took it down. Now there's so much more sunlight in the back garden. I say back garden, it's concrete, but it will be a garden at some point. Well, what a difference just a little bit of taking a brick down can do to your house. So it's quite a dark house. The way it's built, it's not, it doesn't really get any sunlight. But now with the garage down, I'm telling you, these roots will fly. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been waffling on for far too long. Oh, and I bought some Bitcoin. Oh, shut up, Louise. You haven't. I bloody have. Yeah. Did it on PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, check this out. I tell you what, I'm going to be a Bitcoin millionaire one day. One day. Uh, oh yeah, that twenty pounds I bought of Bitcoin is woo gonna fly. We've got a friend that does the Bitcoin thing, and he is earning a lot of money from it. So of course we're like, oh Jesus, we've got a wedding to pay for. How do we do it? Oh, 
£20 of Bitcoin does not a wedding pay for. Anyway, let's have a look at your emails before I before I drive myself mad. Oh, here we go. Now, last time we talked about Emily. Emily last week had a new tattoo, right? Oh my God. She sent me a photo because I requested it. Thank you for reading out my email. You're very welcome, Emily. And as ever, for the listener, I never read the emails before I read them to you because I prefer the spontaneity. Thank you very much. Thank you for reading out my email. You wanted to see a picture. I bloody did, Emily. So I've attached it for you. Hope you like it. Well, Emily. Oh, I love it. It's a detailed picture of some cock and balls. I'm only joking. It's not. It's a camper van. VW camper van. Like of the oldie woldy types. Oh my God, it's brilliant. What's the connection with Newquay then and Watergate Bay? Is this a place that you go to? Are these places that you love? Tell us the story, Emily. Oh, it's fabulous. Emily, if I'm allowed to post this on the Patreon page, then I will, but I'll get your permission first. This is fabulous. Oh, it's great. Look at the clouds. Oh, brilliant. Cheeky little mole there. Lovely. Uh, fabulous. Oh, do you know what? I'll share with you a tattoo that I've had that not many people have seen if you let me share this one, Emily. Now there's an offer. Thank you, Emily. That's great. Oh my God. I need to know details. I need to know what the connection is with the places, please. And I need to know how long it took and how painful it was. Oh, you see, it's on for the listener. It's on the forearm, but it's not over the really painful, um, Oh, it's got a surfboard. Ah, oh, cool. It's not over the painful wristy bit, you know, where people, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Because I had a tattoo over the really painful bit on the wrist. Oh, my God. It was it, it only, it's a tiny bit over the really painful bit, but that was worse than having a smear test. Right, Vicky, here she is. Oh, Vic, 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 Vicky, Vicky. Sorry it's been a while. Hey, Vicky, this is not a problem. Hope your week's been okay. Yes, it has. Had a fab couple of days away in Wales. Met some, oh my God. Now you see this is a theme, Vicky. I didn't know this. I had a cup. Oh my god, I can't speak. I had a fab a couple of days away in Wales. Met some cute little cockapoo pups. Oh, ate too much food. Yes, and then had to come back to Blighty. Well, I'm sorry about that. We used to go to Wales all the time on family holidays when I was little. My dad used to book us into horse riding holidays. I can't remember whether I've ever told you this before, but none of us in our house had ever ridden a horse. Good old dad. Uh, I honestly don't know why I do it to myself. As, as much as I love the NHS, I hate the summer holidays. Half the team are on annual leave, some are off sick, and thus that has left literally just a skeleton staff for the rest of the team. Wow. Thank God for you, Vicky. Thank goodness. Right now, I'm having a battle, a battle between my head and my heart, and as much as I love the NHS and what it stands for, I hate the politics that come with it. Yeah. Must be a nightmare working in that environment. And I seem to get stuck in the middle of it. I'm not going to tell you, the, or the listener, what you've just said about somebody that you work with because I don't want you to get into trouble. Oh, uh, see what Vicky's saying here. 
is that Vicky has little rants at work because when something pisses her off, she likes to talk about that. Uh, apparently it's funny to them. Oh no. You see, I get this, Vicky. If you try to tell somebody that you're not happy about a situation because you're jovial, nobody takes you seriously. And even though I work in comedy, Vicky, I tried very hard to be taken seriously. As she says, having worn a Balinese rice-picking hat and is festering in her pink onesie with her tits on the table. But I hear you. Three weeks of this bullshit to make my week week even better. Oh no, some twat drove into the BT box at the end of my road. So half the area have no Wi-Fi, no TV, no internet. Oh God. Oh Vicky, what did we all do without the internet? We probably all had much simpler lives, didn't we? Much simpler lives. Do you remember the encyclopedia salespeople that used to come round? Would you like to buy a collection of the encyclopedias to educate your children? And my parents did. I wonder what's happened to those. I bet my dad's thrown them away. Bet they'd be worth a bloody fortune now. I like an antiquity. I was in love with Lovejoy when I was younger. Uh, anyway, back to Vicky. On a slightly more positive note, it means I can read rather than half-heartedly watch some TV series on Netflix. She's almost finished one book and then she's moving on to the wonderful Joe Coldfield's book. Joe Coldfield is a wicked comedian based up in Scotch land who has written a book. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's about death, which sounds morbid, but it's I believe it's brilliant. It's about... Uh, her relationship with her sister and her sister passed away unfortunately from cancer and all the proceeds of the book go towards Macmillan I do believe. Well oh my goodness look at the time. Thanks Vicky. I like your little updates. Some more of you can email me please. Thank you very much. Don't leave it up to the same people because I'm telling you now these people will think they have a responsibility every week and it's not their responsibility. They've got other things to do. So more of you can bloody well email me, please. Thank you. <gasps> Here we go. How many more have I got? Oh, shit, look at the time. I'm going to do this last one. Oh, here we are. Little update from Lydia. Lydia, 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 Lydia. Dearest Lou. Love it. Hello, Lydia. I've been outside. Fuck off, Lydia. Don't mess me about. And there she is in her wheelchair. I can see that she sent me a photograph of her in a wheelchair in a fucking car park. Wow. Lydia, what a time to be alive. Don't, and I love your yellow socks. Wow. Oh, I love a decent pair of sockage. Now then, dearest Lou, I've been outside. Lydia, this is great. A little bit of Vit D on your little parts. That's great. Only second time in six weeks. Well, you bloody well got out, Lydia. This is fabulous. Bumhole is three inches down from the start of the crack. I refer the listener to last week's episode. Thank you, Lydia. Bumhole is three inches down from the start of the crack. I'm going to measure that. I have got a tape measure somewhere. Uh, I sit and I wipe lifting the cheek. And I wipe from front to back. Thank you, Lydia. This is very important details that we need to know. Not enough people have shared this with me, so thanks for that. I too sometimes leave tissue behind. Thank you, Lydia. You see, we are kindred spirits. At the moment, with the hospital food, my farts smell like sulphur and my wee smells like broccoli. Bet you're glad you're not in the bed next to me. Well, can I just say, Lydia, I am um, ensconced in a relationship with a vegetarian. Still waiting for my next treatment. Apparently my blood is too thin at the moment, but finger, fingers crossed for next week. What do we 
what do we do to thicken up your blood? Do we get a little bit of cornstarch in that, Lydia, just to thicken it up a little bit? I suppose you'd have to have a coagulant or something. Go hark at me with my medical knowledge. A coagulant to thicken up the blood. Hope your vertigo is better now. Well, it is. Thank you. It's not a hundred percent better, but we're, we're getting there, Lydia. Thank you for your um for your interest. Love and hugs, Lydia. Made my day. Look at that. Now for the listener, Lydia is in a she's sporting um I'm gonna say a blush pink nighty and it's got little knobbly bits on it. Um Lydia's nipples and she's got a bare leg, she's got some fabulous yellow socks on, which I'm hoping are those sort of tote ones. Do you remember those tote socks that have a rubbery bottom so that um you could wear them as slippers? Do you remember those? They were all the rage for a bit, weren't they? Lydia, thank you very much. You're a wonderful woman and I hope you um I hope your blood gets thick. Now listen, you lot, as I've just said, I want your emails, please. Don't leave it up to the same old crew because they will feel obliged and I never want anyone to feel obliged to come and talk to me. I'd like to hear from other people as well, please. Thank you. Uh, now listen, you can email me with how your week has been on info at louconran.com. Uh, you can join the Patreon, but as ever, please, you do not have to. It's www.patreon.com forward slash Canadian. Um, I'd like your emails, please. Let me know how your week's been. Um, as ever, it's so much appreciated for you listening to my waffling on. Um, whatever you're doing over these next couple of weeks, have a wonderful time. Hopefully speak to you next week. Um, look after yourselves. And uh, ciao, ciao! <laughs>